Hi, I'm Morgan. Welcome to More Games. I wanted to do this podcast to inspire people to go after their dreams and have the lifestyle they've always wanted for themselves. So I hope you come on this journey with me to hear from people that inspire me to be better. I hope they do the same for you. Well, Jean, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I miss you. We like went to dinner like right before COVID happened. And then a whole year went by and we still haven't seen each other. Here we are. Uh, But we did our Zoom, our little Zoom date. We did. But yeah. Thank goodness for technology, you know. (laughs) Um, So I met you, gosh, I want to say like maybe three years ago. Yeah. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, two or three years ago. And, um, you know, I went to this like little premiere of shorts and one of them you were in and I want to say it like won some awards right (laughs) yeah and I saw it and I'm like wow that like you are amazing and I thought this girl is gonna go somewhere like you need an Oscar yesterday (laughs) so and I got to meet you after and you're so lovely and I just thought you would be perfect to uh bring on the podcast because like I say every podcast, this is all about um, inspire people that inspire me and that I feel, you know, that their stories are amazing and need to be heard. And um, I would just love, I, you know, I, I know obviously a few things about you because we're friends, but um, I really don't know like how you truly got to where you are today as far as like you, you're an actor, you write, um, you know, you've kind of, you've, worn many hats in the industry and so I would just love to know kind of about your childhood and where you grew up and kind of what got you to the point of where I met you so I'll just let you take it away and tell us your story. Well first of all you were so sweet thank you so much and uh and yeah no I I remember that day so well when we met and it was just so great you know just being able to connect with you you know after and and to form this friendship so absolutely love that and appreciate you having me on um yeah I um I have definitely taken a very unconventional path but you know I usually think that most people like I don't think that's a bad thing you know I think a lot of people that I look up to they didn't have like a traditional path per se they had a very um, they had a path of their own they just made their own um and I was kind of that that kid growing up that danced the beat of my own drum. Um, I grew up on the uh, the East Coast in the DC area, and I um, moved out to LA as soon as I could. Um, and uh, right after college, um, I think I was 21, and uh, and just you know just jump right into the industry. And I was someone that growing up, I didn't really have very many friends my age. Um, I uh, I think a huge part of it was um, I was. I, I kind of lacked in self-esteem in certain areas when it came to my peers, but I had no problem connecting with adults. And so I literally made every adult my best friend. You know, I was like friends with my parents' friends um, and, and not with their kids. Um, and so, I, uh, so I, I really just started networking at a very young age and not even really realizing that was networking. 
And I was really setting myself up in that way. And, and so uh, because of, um, I guess some people call it just being a busybody or, or just talking a lot to people, but um, as, as a little 13 year old, but, uh, but through that, I was able to make some great connections that served me later in life. Um, uh, and, you know, when I came out to LA, I was able to dive right in. I started working at, um, I entered at Fox and then I started working at ABC. And, um, and then from there, just made a lot of connections in different, in different realms and, ever since have been uh, both behind the camera in front of the camera um, and pursuing a lot of different entrepreneurial ventures and, and things like that. Wow. So it's interesting that you say that you were, that you were friends with just like adults as a kid. <laughs> I was the same way. Like, I feel like I hardly had any friends my age. I just like, why is that? Why did we do that? <laughs> it's interesting because I left early too and just like wanted to work and um, I didn't really like relate. I wonder why that is. It's funny that we both were that way. Um, but when did you find out that that's what you wanted to do? You want to come out to LA and be in front of the camera and behind the camera. Did you always know that as a young age or? Um, yeah, I, I remember distinctly, I didn't know behind the camera was even a thing. Um, I knew I went to a very performing arts-based school growing up, um, the, the private school that I went to. Um, I actually sit on the board for it now, and it's such a place that's near and dear to my heart. Um, it's called Westminster School. And, um, and you know, so I grew up performing and being on stage and, and things like that. And, um, but it wasn't until I think around fifth grade or so where I started to really play around with uh, different like editing softwares on the computer, which I say that and like, I don't mean like Final Cut because that was not a thing at that point. <laughs> I was like circa 2000, like two or something. Um, but, uh, but just whatever there was on the default, like windows, um, I was just kind of finagling with, you know, putting picture like slideshows to music and, and things like that. And then slowly like different editing things started coming out and I started, I, I would like play around with it. I remember my dad always saying like, Oh my gosh, you're taking so much time. Like being nitpicky and, and, and trying to match music to this and that and the other. Just like, he's like, do your homework. <laughs> he's like, you need, go study. And I'm like, no, no, like this is what I want to do. And I didn't know it was a thing. And then when I went to college, um, actually picked my college um, based on um, the program that they had, which was uh, for, for television film, you know, in production. And, uh, and I, I don't think prior to that, I really realized that was like, from a creative standpoint that you could just do that, you know, for a living. So it was really fun, you know, in college, being able to make videos for class assignments when it would, which is something I love. Right. Yeah. And everybody else is writing a paper. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So yeah. That's amazing. So, so when did you decide, like, I know after college, you were just going to do it because you don't have family in LA, right? Did no, you? I don't have family here. You just, I, I, How did yeah. you I, you know, I made, I guess I grew up watching ABC. Um, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of television and studying a lot of television. Again, my parents were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I promise you this will pay off later. Um, and I like, I really didn't, I didn't just like watch to watch. I really studied. I studied so many elements and aspects, I think before even really realizing that I was observing and learning. Um, but I, I just made a decision that like, I'm, I think it was when realizing that a lot of like shows aren't shot in Virginia for the most part, you know, or in DC area. So I was like, well, I guess I got to go where they're filming them. And I 
made that like a conscious choice in my head of like, as soon as I'm able to, I will. And when I was in college, they had a program. Um, I, I did two foreign exchange programs or, uh, I mean, study abroad, I should say, sorry, study abroad programs. Um, one of them was in Italy, my freshman year summer, uh, for, uh, for journalism, like media journalism. The other one, ironically was for Los Angeles because they consider that study abroad because LA is like its own country essentially. Um, and, uh, and in that, we, you know, came out and there was 20 of us that were selected and we came out to school and they put us up um, and, uh, and, and we had the opportunity to kind of run around the town and, and learn and, uh, and kind of under the safety net of you're here for a couple months and then you go back home. Um, but it gave me the license to, to really just learn what it feels like to live here. And I'm really grateful for that because I think most people come out cold. And I mean, I, I, in a way I did, but to have that and then go back and then, you know, finish school and then come right back out here. Um, it felt, I was told my mom, I was like, it's funny. Like I, I knew where my grocery store was. I knew where the, the dry cleaner was. I knew where the gas station was. Like it didn't have to, when I moved, moved out here, I didn't have to start from scratch to that extent because of that three month program. And so that really solidified it for me for sure. But I made a decision when watching ABC as a kid, I was like, I'm going to go and be on some ABC shows. So we're moving to LA. <laughs> so you get to LA um, and you're actually living here. And then you said you had an internship at Fox. Yeah. So the internship was actually when I was, um, when I was in that program in the three month program. And then when I, when I got to town here, um, because a lot of the connections I had made and really, um, uh, and really just fostered, I, uh, was able to jump in. I, I interviewed with ABC within two weeks and, and was able to, uh, gain an internship there. Um, and then from there roll into working there for a bit. Oh my gosh. So it's like your dream. Yes. <laughs> when you were a kid. I cannot complain. I definitely am one of those people that when I say I'm going to do something, I, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So how did you like working at ABC? I loved it. It, it was a dream come true. And, and, and I, and I still, I mean, that's, that's like my home network in my heart. And, uh, and I know for me, when I kind of made the choice to, um, really stray from a network path right now and to really just focus on doing freelance things. Um, it's with the intention of, I want to be able to bring projects to them in the future. I want to be able to, you know, um, have a show on, on, on that network or to be able to, you know, uh, be cast in a show for the network. And so that's still a huge part of my dream, but it was just so, it was such a privilege really getting, getting to learn more about the company from an inside standpoint and really getting to know the people that are responsible for creating some of my my favorite content and, and really, you know, working with them. So, so what exactly did you, did you do when you were working there? Like, what was your, yeah, I, um, I kind of bounced around. I interned um, for a couple different departments and then I, I sat on um, and kind of temp uh, temporarily sat on um, different desks of different um, executives. And just through that, what I love was I didn't have one set position for like a giant period of time. I was able to really between interning and, and, and temping and, 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 you know, being in different departments was able to bounce around a lot, um, which I feel like made me pretty well-rounded and being able to learn you know, what are certain things that I, that I like and what are certain things I don't like, you know, like development versus current programming versus daytime versus primetime versus all that. So I kind of got a chance to dabble in a lot of them. And then through that was able to make a connection. Um, and, uh, and uh, ever since for the past handful of years have been 
uh, working with the Live with Kelly uh, and Ryan team um, for their Oscar special. And so that's always a treat every year, just getting to, to jump in with that. And um, and yeah, so overall, it's been awesome. But I think a huge part of why I wanted to take a, um, a step back and go more freelance was because acting is something that that has been so big on my heart. And I, I love being behind the camera. I love, you know, the strategic side from a network. But I, I think deep down inside, I, what I love most is telling a story um, on camera myself, you know, and, um, either through, yeah, through my writing too, but not as much. So, you know, I don't really consider myself heavily as, as, as a writer. Um, I consider myself more of like a storyteller, um, from just kind of creating a concept and, and bringing it to life and producing it in that regard. Um, so I have experience in all different, you know, from directing to producing to writing and all that, but I would say my main strength would be, um, producing and, um, and, and acting. So, no, it, and it shows, too, because there were a lot of shorts that day. Like, I remember there were quite a few. And yours stuck out to me so much. And I, the reason I was there was because someone I was dating at the time had, had a short in there that he started in. And I remember thinking, this girl is going to blow this one out of the water. Like, like oh. and I told him, like, I like yours. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was great. But I'm like you know, you're stuck out. You did such an amazing job telling that story. Thank you. Uh, that it sticks out, you know, and that's how I know. I mean, because there were so many and I only really remember yours and, and his. Oh. And I remember thinking, man, this is, and then I heard later on that you guys had won awards and stuff. And I thought, well, I mean, and I would imagine that, you know, just be, I was a, a PA, you know, a, a while back and I was also a stand-in and so just being in that environment and kind of seeing the director side and the producer side and being a PA and being a stand-in you do kind of get a sense from you know you kind of learn from everybody yeah. so I would think I've never tried acting but I feel like as an actor do, wearing all that hats it I feel like in a way it helps totally with, with your acting and with your writing and directing like doing everything I think is is the only way to be great at something yeah know, is to kind of like that it's great yeah. to, you know to kind of learn all of those jobs yeah. I think would make, make it's interesting it. because to that extent absolutely i think it as an actor it's made me more aware um it's made me very grateful because i know what each of those jobs entail um and and i'm not not even saying I'm an expert, I, I am not. And, and I definitely like what the lighting guy does and the sound guy does. I'm like, nope, there's reason you're the sound guy, you're the lighting guy, because I could not do that. But I at least understand at least bits of it and know it's very complicated. And, and I'm very grateful when I'm on set um, to everyone that is playing a part, you know, and, and doing their part to bring an entire production together. Because it's not just some guy plugged in a set of lights and turned it on. It is way more than that. And so it just has created such a sense of gratitude and, and I think it's important. I think it's important for all actors to really have a grasp of these things. Um, and, and because also too, I, I really pride myself on the fact that I, I want to be someone that people can say, I really like working with her. I don't want to be the person that people like have a ton of nightmare stories about. And so, um, right. And so, um, but also I will say, 
Um, I am someone that is incredibly meticulous. Um, I'm someone who is very big on continuity and, um, and kind of catching certain things. I'm the one where if I'm like watching a film, my eye immediately goes to like, oh, that glass of water was not in that position. And so I'm so picky on these things that when I'm on set, it's sometimes as an actor, it's hard for me to take my producer hat off for a hot second um, and actually focus on playing the part and like removing myself from being a producer, even on projects that I'm not producing on. Right. And so that's something that I need to definitely work on um, and get a grip on. That's but yeah. great though. I mean, I think that's great. I would go to the set of Will and Grace quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I, those actors were so great at that. Like I remember Deborah seeing Deborah Mezzing like, like they would yell cut and she would she would literally go in reverse like back up and say okay was my hand here yeah i was here right and like fixing her hair she knew exactly from yep. her head to her toes yep. where her body was um to do that again and i'm someone that i like i'll watch a movie and go okay they're showing and her hair is here and then they show her again her hair's here and then it's right. here and then it's here and it drives me crazy and so um, I've like watching actors work and be so like, like you, like just so aware of everything um, to make sure that that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it's always so impressive. It's a balance. It's a balance of being present as an actor, but at the same time being mindful of those things. Cause I've also sat in the editor chair of trying to edit something together where it's near to impossible because of little things like that mm -hmm. and try having to find creative ways and whatnot that takes an extra 10 hours. Whereas, you know, if, if an actor went back to their mark or something properly, then maybe that would save 10 hours. And I I always want to be the person that makes the editor's job and the director's job and everybody else's job so much easier in that regard. But, but yeah, but, but at the same time, trying to really stay present and focus on, I'm telling a story and, and who am I playing right now? And, and who, who am I embodying right now? That's amazing. Right. So, okay. So, so you did that short. Um, was that like your first big Thing that you project that you've done or did you have you have done some other things before that I have done some other things before that was the first one that really got like major attention um, we got awards from NBC Universal I got a nomination I got an actress nomination from them um, uh, we got like a, a lot of global recognition and I think we got into about 52 festivals and won um, awards in about 17 of them um, uh, or so or like one one of the top film awards or whatnot and a majority of them. And so it just, um, it was one of the, the biggest like highlights thus far for me that really, I think made me more confident as an actor. And it really just opened up a lot of doors. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. So I know that you were also getting into, like we said, like writing and um, directing. Is there anything that you're working on now that you're excited about? Yes, there's actually two pieces that I'm working on right now. Um, and in order to stay very focused on one, I've kind of put the other on the back burner slightly because I know that's going to be a long term project, but there, there are two um, uh, feature scripts that I'm, I'm working on and um, I'm not sharing very much about them. So you'll just have to wait and see, but they're both based on um, real life, you know, personal experiences just kind of put, you know, put into um, a story format so oh okay so real life things that you've gone through yep yep 
Oh, that's exciting. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to get into what, but I don't want to like get away <laughs> if you're not ready. Um, so as far as your personal life, right, through all of this, um, so you, you had said like you didn't have very many you know, like friends growing up that were your age and then you come out here, did you find it easier like working in the industry to to make friends, to date? Like, you know, how has your life been on a personal level? Yeah, you know, I think when I came out to LA, I mean, like I said, I was 21 and um, I was a really, I was like an awkward kid. There's there's a lot of, yeah, <laughs> um, not, yeah, I guess, I was awkward and accepted by the adults, but not enough so by the kid, like kids my age. And so there's a lot I needed to like grow through and figure out. And even still coming out at 21 to, to LA didn't mean that I had it all figured out, but I had a lot more of it figured out. And so from a baseline of starting fresh, at least I wasn't like, like that weird, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but still weird. It's okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that I, I just, I knew more of who I was. I knew what I wanted. I knew what my, my mission was and, and my purpose was. And, and it was easy to just connect with people that were on the same page in that regard. And I think association is everything. Association is so key. So I just made it a really big point to connect with people that, um, that understood kind of where I was going because they were headed in the same direction. And, um, and, and through that, I've been able to really uh, just make so many amazing friends and, and, and develop a lot of great relationships out here. Um, not just connections within the industry, but outside the industry. And, um, and yeah, so it's been really, really great. And I still have so many, you know, uh, people back home, like family friends or, um, or, or people that I work with and, and that I'm close to back home. Uh, a lot of them being, you know, not my age, <laughs> um, but out here, it's been interesting because, I have been able to, like, I look at my, my circle of friends um, out here and I, I did do a really good job of bridging that gap once I kind of went in, you know, grew in, in, into my, my adult life. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's something that I love about LA. Um, it gets a lot of flack about the people here and, and everything, but I have found that like, I just hear like people that aren't from LA are like, oh, they're so LA. They give their opinion. And I'm like, you haven't even been here. Like, yeah. But I, I have made some of my, I mean, like I do, I yeah. still have friends like back home where I grew up. And first of all, sorry, this is bugging me. I have to fix the lighting because yeah. I have the window open and it's like blinding me. That happens to me when I sit in my office at around like 3.30 or 4, the, the sun just starts to move across my face. I've seen nuts on Zoom. Yep. Drives me crazy. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, so that's much better. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of people, they don't like, like, you know, like LA people, but I have made some of my best friends because it is people that, I've, the people that move here or, you know, are usually you know, from like hardly anyone is from LA. <laughs> so I feel like the people that move here have, they're very like driven, yeah. know what they want. And I like that. And, and they all have a story, you know, everybody is um, just like knows what they want and they go after it. And they're just, I don't know, like just more my, my style, my yeah. speed. They're just so. It's, it's funny you say that because I actually wrote a paper about that. Um, when I, 
I'm one of those people that just likes to do random things. Like, I don't know, I'm just gonna write a dissertation on something, like, cool. Um, so I, when I first moved out here, I wrote a paper on um, on how it's so interesting that, yeah, when people from that are not from here will sit there and think that everyone in LA is super snobby and whatnot, but really everyone from LA is pretty much, like you said, a transplant from somewhere else. And we're all here, we're all like misfits here. No, I don't say all, there are a lot of people that are from here that live here, but, um, but for the most part, we're just, we, we're bunch of people that have left our towns and our communities and whatnot and we're we're looking for for friends and and we're open to to making friends versus a lot of other places you know i know back home um everyone kind of already has their bubble and click of people so someone in a starbucks is less likely to you know randomly become friends with you in line because they kind of don't need to they already have their circle of people that they went to school with and whatnot and here we, we kind of don't, we're all just kind of fresh in here. And so, yeah, we're more likely to make friends with someone in a Starbucks line. And, um, and I don't think people that are, that are not currently like in LA, I don't think they see that. I don't think they get that. Um, and instead, you know, yeah, that was the number one thing everyone told me was like, ew, or is everyone there snobby and stuck up? And I came here thinking that would be the case. And it was the complete opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people that, that that don't live here or they just come to visit or whatever, they they get a bad impression for whatever reason. But I have had the best experiences just with people like you. I go I go out and I and I meet somebody and we just have this moment and yeah. and you know you click or you don't. And so and there are times where you don't click with somebody, but sometimes just magic happens where you go somewhere and it's just that's what I love most about LA is is you go to dinner and you run into, you know, like somebody random that invites you to something yeah. and you go and it's like the best side of your life and you get all these connections and, oh. and make like some of your best friends that way. Yeah. And it is really all about connections here. It's yeah. like, you can go on auditions or job interviews or whatever, but like networking and, and meeting people organically in LA is the best. Yeah. And I'm all about that. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know where you're going to meet them. You never know what role they're going to play in your life moving forward. Um, and, and it's really taught me quite a lesson on like always being the best version of myself, always being so kind to people. Cause again, you just like, you, you never know. And, and, um, and just obviously being kind is important. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, you know, it, it's made me not turn down as many things as, as I maybe would have before, like not turn down as many invitations because I'm someone on that I'm perfectly fine just hermiting myself at home. <laughs> I am totally fine with not going out anywhere, but it I, I have to remind myself that any opportunity that's good that's come into my life has come from being maybe invited to something Maybe I didn't want to go to it, but through that, I met someone that introduced me to someone and then boom, like it led to this, that, and the other. And I have to remember that. And it's all, it is, it's the culture of this town for sure. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I would say just, I mean, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. Um, and it doesn't even really matter if you're in LA or what. It's so easy, especially right now to get used to just being at home and not being around people and not really networking or communicating with people but whatever industry you're in or wherever you're at in the world like the best thing that i have done is just be open to you know invitations and to all possibilities and i, I you know i used to you know from pretty young early on i was a hustler 
And there was a time where I'm like, if I'm not getting paid for something, it's not worth my time. And I'm so glad that I changed that and started doing things for free all the time because um, not all the time, but like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, okay, this doesn't really pay or it doesn't pay well, but I'm going to go because I don't know who's going to be there. You know, there's so many things that I could have easily turned down, but I would not be where I am today if I, you know, if I did. And so I'm, I'm, I think that's the best thing is just be open. It might not pay now, but it might pay later on. Totally. I've always had that mindset. And, and it's funny how certain people around me might say like, you know, oh man, like, you know, you should, you should totally get paid for that or whatnot. And I go, no, I, I totally see this as an opportunity where I can learn and I can grow. And, and I know that this is just going to, you know, stretch me and grow me and it's going to lead to something down the line. I don't need to get, you know, I don't like even that film that you saw me and like that was such a big deal for me. And that was, that was a student film that turned into like the biggest thing, you know, like it just, it, it was not something that I was a paid actor for, but it ended up launching so much in my career. And so I, I, like you said, like, I've always had that mentality of like, you know, I'm not sitting there being like, oh, how much is this going to pay me? But more so, what can I learn from this? And, And who can I meet and how can I grow? Right. Oh, and for those of you that that don't know, um, or for those that don't know about the short, did you want to tell them a little bit about yeah. what it's called and if if they want to watch it, where they can watch it? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's called Masks, and um, it, ironically, it has nothing to do with like masks, like 2020, like like COVID. Like it has nothing <laughs> to do with that. It came out two years prior. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's um, it's an amazing film uh, by um, by a lovely um, female director. Her name is Mahalia and um, was amazing to work with and so creative, so genius. And um, it right now actually, I don't believe is out, um, but uh, it, it, it eventually might be on NBC's Hulu, Hulu page down the line. But uh, it's about a, well, I don't wanna give too much away. <laughs> I always don't know how much I can share or should share. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's about, um, a uh, roughly based on um, uh, occurrences that happen in a nightclub uh, incident and um, and a story about you know a girl just you know finding herself and, and coming out and and um, and facing you know facing internal internal struggle mm-hmm. as much as much as I will say <laughs> oh, you did a great job I'm like <laughs> don't get it yeah yeah it was it was amazing so i hope it's out soon so everyone can watch it that hasn't seen it yet um so with covid and everything i know kind of switching gears to the fitness health side of it i know that you played sports when you were younger mm-hmm. um and then you kind of as an adult transitioned into doing um i think like classes and stuff right like you did like something like 300 360 days or something yeah I um I fell into pure bar um I love pure bar um shout out to pure bar north hollywood um but I like fell in love with that because I was really struggling as an adult trying to stay fit because I don't think like growing up and I think this happens across the board in so many ways we're not actually taught how to maintain you know we're taught how to kind of like do short sprints of things as kids and um, we're not actually taught long term and maintaining so as a kid I played on a lot of sports teams um and I showed up because I was a part of of team of a team right and we had to show up to practice and like okay following through like I'm I'm like, all right, and being held accountable. But when it came to 
okay, I'm an adult and I'm not on a sports team. So like, what do I do? Like, I just, I didn't know what to do. Um, I, I legit would go to the gym and just look at everything and go like, cool, cool. And then I'd get like a peanut butter smoothie and walk out and go, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so, um, I needed, like, I needed classes. I grew up uh, playing field hockey, swimming, doing gymnastics, dancing. Um, so I was doing like a, a lot of different sports. Um, and, uh, and, and then I got, I got injured actually. I tore my ACL um, my junior year in high school on the balance beam. Um, Cause I was trying to like pretend like I was like an Olympic gymnast or something and uh, <laughs> didn't go very well. Uh, so that really held me back in a lot of ways. And, and I still actually have um, like pain from that. And, um, and, and uh, my, my injuries kind of is still lasted to a degree, um, even after two surgeries. But um, I finding pure bar was probably the best thing that changed my life because um, and really, it's not high intensity because I, I can't really do high intensity because of my knees and, um, and, uh, and also too, like I cardio has just been, oh my gosh, like I get so out of breath so fast. Cardio is not my friend. Um, I'm still working on that, but, um, but it's so great because it is, it's low impact, but it, it exercises your entire body. And, um, and, and I just, I walk out feeling really good. And also too, over the course of time, the results really, you know, um, showed for themselves. And I was able to maintain my figure, um, without stressing about it, being able to eat, you know, whatever it is that I wanted to eat and without like obsessing over going to the gym or anything. And I did get on a challenge that they were doing. And, um, I did 300 classes and 365 days, like 300 days out of 365. I actually did it in 332 days. Um, so pretty much in a year, like did a full sprint and like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they have a plaque with my name on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like one of four people or five people in the studio that did it. And I was like, woo, claim to fame. Um, but that it's just been amazing for me. So I love Pure Bar and I've been doing that on their online classes at home during, during this time. I was going to say, yeah, that's uh, especially with group group fitness classes in COVID, I know a lot of them have gone to online, some of them yeah. too. And so I was wondering like how that affected you during COVID, how you were, you know, getting your, your yeah. exercise and everything. So they transitioned it so beautifully. The head of that studio is like amazing. Um, her name is Brittany and she just like jumped on it and started doing, you know, online videos. She goes in every day and tapes with her teachers and they just post them online and she's been doing an amazing job. And so it literally feels like not even skipping a beat. And luckily too, with Pure Bar, you don't need too many things. Like you don't need a bunch of equipment. It's just learning how to utilize your own body weight and, and just, um, different, um, different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just like, like how to hold your body posture in, in different ways and to be able to just, you know, do like small minor movements that accumulate and kind of compound and get incredible results. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think it's really important to find like what you like that doesn't feel like work, doesn't yeah. feel like a workout, you know, yeah. like I love to lift. I love lifting cardio. You know, I enjoy the way I feel after but it's something that I am not psyched about. Like, it's not like I'm wake, waking up going, whoa, I get to go on a run. That's just never, I've run marathons and stuff, but I've always hated it. I've just never yeah. liked it. I'm not a runner as much as I want to be. And so um, for me, lifting is something that I wake up like looking forward to do. And for you, like, I'm glad you found that for you. And I always tell people like, you don't have to do, I, people think you have to go into a gym 
and like figure it out and then they are overwhelmed and they don't like it and they're like oh I hate working out but there's so many things that you can do I think it's so important to find it do you like to swim do you like to hike do you like to do yoga do you like right. car do you like Pilates do you like to lift it's like there's so many things you don't have to you know like it's yeah. so important to find like what I mean the important thing to do is just move your body and I yeah. think that people get so overwhelmed or they try one thing and they don't like it and they quit and so I'm glad you found like something that you like that fits yeah. you know because then you can do it for 300 days out of yeah. the year and I, I think I've tallied up over the course of the past couple of years at least up to a thousand classes now total um it's only been a couple of years yeah and 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 also too i will say like in anything you know I, I don't like spring out of bed and be like i just can't wait to go to a bar class like i <laughs> i definitely am not like maybe on some days you know i'm more motivated than others but i never look to my motivation you know i always i i know um something I've been taught is that, you know, you need to um, act your way into feeling as opposed to feeling your way into action. Because if you wait for a feeling to come up, a lot of times it's not going to come up. And so that action is never going to get done versus if you, you know, just act on it kind of the same way we wake up, we brush our teeth. We don't wait to go. I really feel like brushing my teeth right now. We get up and we do it because it's something that's in a routine and needs to get done. Um, and so we act our way. And then afterwards we feel great. You know, a lot of times like with working out, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't feel like necessarily doing it but then I'm like I, I do it anyways and then afterwards I'm like man I'm so glad that I did that like that I feel so good now and so I've learned to change that in my mind because before I would just sit around waiting until I felt like doing something then I was wondering why nothing was getting done <laughs> that is the best point it really is it, it really is and I it just like you said like the feeling if you're waiting for you to be psyched right. sometimes that never happens right. so that is such a great point Point. I hope everyone, you know, takes that away from this and applies that with everything too. It's yeah. like with business, especially during COVID, especially if you're self-employed, sometimes you're, yeah, you're just not motivated, but it's so, it's so important to make a routine. And I always use the brushing your teeth yeah. as a kind of an example of that or because like, it's not like we're waking up going, okay, we got, you know, you brush your teeth in the morning, you wash your face, you, you know, whatever you have your routine. So you just have to work these things into it if you want to get launched to the next, totally. you know, the next thing, whether it be in business, in fitness, in your personal life, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think also with routines, I think I found that, um, when I stack my, like when I stack things, um, cause I think there's a, there's a thing called like habit stacking, um, where, you know, you go, okay, after I do this, I do this. And after I do this, I do that. And so it's kind of a continual chain. Cause if you leave too many breaks, especially nowadays with so many distractions that we potentially have, like my phone goes off. So then the next thing I know, I went to go check the text message and then I'm on Instagram for 20 minutes. Like we have, we have so many things that are calling for our attention these days that if we have it stock, it's so much, you know, like we're so much more likely to actually get done a bunch of things in a row. Um, and so I make sure my mornings, like I have like a set morning routine and pretty much like the first hour is like a massive, like habit stacking chain. And like in an hour I get so much, like I get more done that could have easily been dragged dragged out over like three hour time span. And I, instead I make sure it's like all glued together. Right. I think that's so important. And that's what I have found. Um, you know, I'm very, 
I'm a very structured person and I find that I look at my schedule like 50 times a day or I don't know where I'm supposed to be or what I'm doing. Um, And so I find that if I have any gaps in my schedule, I have to, as silly as it sounds, I have to fill those gaps. And if it's in my schedule, it happens. I don't delete it. I don't move it if it's in there. But if I look at my schedule and I see I have a four hour gap in my schedule one day, I am like, I don't do anything. I'm like, oh, great, nothing on the schedule. And I don't, you know, like that's, and so I have found in COVID especially um, that I was on those gaps, not doing anything. And I think, oh, I just wasted three Mm -hmm. hours of my day. What was I doing? I was on social media. I was watching Netflix. And, and so I started to schedule things. Okay. This is when I'm working out. This is when I'm going to read. This is when I'm going to work on my clothing line. This is when I'm in and I'm going to make these calls. And I made sure that every single hour was accounted for if I want to be productive. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people are facing right now because it's so like we're almost a year into this like quarantining and it's hard to get motivated but there are still people that are very motivated they're getting ahead and i'm always thinking okay i i can't fall behind like i have goals that i want to achieve and so it's still important even though we're all at home to if we want to get to that next level like we could still do that but i think it's easy to use covid as an excuse sometimes yeah so i think that i i'm a type person yeah i like to capitalize on on um whenever anything is on pause like to every for everybody else like if, if the rest of the world is sitting there like on pause one day i'm like nope that's the day i'm gonna like push ahead you know i'm very you know my mindset's very much so oriented in that direction but yeah you're with the with what you're saying about gaps in the calendar that's the biggest thing that i that i noticed very early on was like those blank spaces i'm like there's a blank space in my calendar like that is just like the worst thing and and not to say like i think before i used to think that that meant you're not allowed to take a break and, and that became a problem because breaks are very necessary. And so, but it was important to be scheduling those breaks in as opposed to, I'll just take a break when there's nothing in my calendar. Because like, unless you have a stacked calendar and you only have like an hour, you know, that that's open in there, then, then you're just laying around all day, right? And so, yeah, even down to the smallest things, which people might think is so silly, but it's so necessary, like reading and, you know, like, um, what is your input? And, and you know, what, 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 like, are you, are you, you know, listening to anything like motivationally podcast wise? Are you, you know, meditating, things like that? I even have like 10 minute meditation, like in my phone, and I have an alert that goes off to tell me like, drop what you're doing right now and this is what you're supposed to do for the next 10 minutes because if not then it's just it's not going to happen it's so true we have to take advantage of those reminders that we can set for ourselves that you need like apple made it easy guys yes (laughs) yes we have to take advantage of it and yeah my boyfriend has that that opposite like he he does not stop and i tell him all the time and a lot of people are like this where like it is important to take a break I personally, like, I try to work as hard as I can Monday through Saturday, but Sunday is my day, and I don't care. It's almost like one of those things where you can, I mean, I could take clients, I could be stacked on Sundays, and maybe some people would look at me like I'm kind of dumb for this, but it doesn't matter how much you're going to pay me. I know that I can't 
serve everyone else if I'm not right serving myself and so I need to refuel so Sundays I do not work I don't take you know it's and and it's very very rare like I did have clients at one point that like there's no red carpets going on anymore but if they had a red carpet on a Sunday and they wanted to to work out before I would make it sorry if you had people that want to work out but I've never once for a red carpet been like cool I'm gonna start my day with a workout I'm like no I need to like prep and sit and make up for like three well, hours I've had, I've had that where they're like you know six in the morning seven in the morning like oh my god good for them let's get it on shout out to Chriselle because she is really good at like you know when she had a red carpet it was like okay we need to work out um because you know she wanted to feel really really good going into that you know carpet and so um yeah but for the most part like I I do I feel very strongly that breaks are necessary if you want to continue to hustle as much as totally. as you can or you will get burnt out 100 percent. So, the so burnout is real i definitely experienced that and it's just not fun because it would <laughs> knock you out and it's harder to get back up so it's better to maintain and and really you know um, be smart and intentional about scheduling along the way for sure mm -hmm. yeah so what um what is it that you're hoping like i i mean i like, you know me, like, I'm like, you should have already won the Academy Award, but <laughs> what is your long-term goal for yourself, um, personally and, and, you know, professionally? Yeah, well, you know, I think over time that's evolved and morphed, um, and, you know, I think originally it was just like, I want to be a great actress, and like, I just want to get some awards and whatnot, and it's definitely morphed um, in, into deeper than that. Um, because, you know, my, my overall goal is I want to be able to impact people, you know, probably one of my biggest fears is, is, you know, one day leaving this world without having like impacted, you know, the world in some way. And so, you know, I just want to, you know, however, which way now I know that for me, you know, my, my greatest like tool and asset is through storytelling and, you know, and, and, and to be able to touch lives in that way. I remember as a kid, one of the biggest ways that I was able to really feel and relate and, and not feel lonely and to feel heard was, you know, when watching movies or TV shows and people that I didn't personally know, like, I mean, just like people playing a character on a screen um, were able to like pretty much reach through that screen and impact me in such a way and, you know, make me cry and make me feel. And um, I think that's so powerful. And so being able to, and I think also too, that really helps broaden the perspective of people around the world, you know, because you're able to walk in somebody's shoes without actually having had to walk in their shoes, right? Just because you sit down and you watch a, you know, 90 minute movie and you get a glimpse of someone's life and maybe you understand them a little bit more you know? And so I, I really found such weight in that and such responsibility in that. And so for me, just being able to impact through, through that medium of storytelling, um, and also too, you know, um, 
two really big uh, things that are my heart first and foremost, just empowering women. Um, I love, love, love that more people are paying attention to that right now. And women first and foremost are stepping up and, and I want to, you know, I, I'm someone that I, I champion, you know, uh, giving women opportunities and empowering them in whatever way that I can. And I speak, you know, in a lot of, um, uh, uh, a lot of different, on a lot of different circuits in regards to that. Um, but I think the other thing too, is just, you know, the mental health system. And I think that we're in a time right now where, you know, that needs to be really looked at and that's why a lot of the stories that I tell and and the the um the you know down the line like my platform in a big way is going to be um uh pushing for um having some big changes made there big changes I love that I love that and my friend and I were just having this conversation um you know about mental health and how we need better you know mental health in this in this country especially with um you know military and police officers and just you know i was with someone not that long ago who was basically talking down about someone that was homeless Mm -hmm. and um you know i kind of got on to them because i said you don't know their situation first of all i mean majority of homeless i mean I, i think a lot of people just assume that homeless people are just drug addicts, that they're alcoholics, and they just write them off. And I said, it's not that simple. First of all, a lot of them are ex-military who came home and just kind of got, like, I mean, you create these killing machines, and you have them go into war, and then they come back, and they get out of the military, and they have nothing. And they don't have the help that they need mentally. Yeah. Yeah. went through and same with police officers they're out every day and people just want to say well police officers are bad especially right now everyone wants right. to jump to that we don't have enough mental health for our police officers after right. everything they've done and a lot of them are ex-military and they they start there and they don't get the mental health they need and then right. they give them a gun and they say and you say i know we wanted you to kill everyone but now we want you to save everyone right and they're not knowing what to do they never had the mental health that they needed from day one. I mean, it, and it goes back to, you know, I know a lot of people I grew up with that went into the military to begin with, um, had really bad childhoods and they never got the help they needed there. Then they became trained killers. Then they come back and, you know, and they're either homeless or they're, they're like a cop or whatever they're doing. And they've never had the help that they've, they've needed. A lot of them are also, um, you know, uh, orphans or um were in the foster system and then they turn 18 and they get thrown on the street and they they don't know they don't have family and it's like i feel like mental health is lacking so much in this country and in order to get it it's so expensive yeah and i think also people don't realize too within the system itself i mean there it's I mean, I've seen it from the inside um, and, and and it's unfortunate just kind of the circumstances in which just through certain loved ones or even myself just you know, facing a lot of things and, and even like seeing some loved ones go through things, seeing where the gaps are. And, and yeah, to, to your point of, you know, I, I kind of always just assume like, oh yeah, like how did that person become homeless or whatnot? And I just never really understood that like, oh my gosh, there is a backstory. It could be somebody who's very, very like was doing really, really well for themselves. And like one thing happened or, you know, maybe they, they had, um, 
you know, uh, something like maybe they were bipolar and they just didn't get properly treated and things just escalated. And, you know, family maybe did not, you know, we're like, hey, you know, we're, we, we, we can't play this game. Like, you know, you need to, you know, pick yourself up or else. And then they just, you know, they, they lose all support and where are they going to go? They can't pay rent. They can't this, they can't that. And they end up on the streets. And so there's so many factors that people just don't think about. People don't know. And it's, it's someone's loved one that's out there. It's someone's loved one that's out there. And, and, and at the end of the day, um, this is not an overnight fix at all, um, but it definitely takes, you know, people being aware. And I know for myself, like I wasn't aware until I was made aware, you know, and I think not enough people um, uh, like hear enough stories or know enough people that are in that predicament. Um, and, and, and again, going back to storytelling, it's like, how else are we made aware of a lot of these things is we see it on a show or, you know, we, and, and, and that, that's a huge part of like, I want to tell stories that most people don't tell. And, um, and also too, you know, with like police, something that I've um, uh, unfortunately had to undergo with, with loved ones of mine is, you know, when, when a 5150 happens, you know, and, and someone calls in for a wellness check um, and they call in for a wellness check, the police show up at someone's door, um, but they, there isn't enough funding to send a mental health professional. And what should be happening is a mental health professional should also be going along, you know, and it's just little things like that, that there, there just aren't funds for, and that's a huge area where I think definitely funds need to be allocated and it's just people don't realize that there aren't funds for things like that right right oh I'm so glad that you're gonna change you're gonna change our world I just know it <laughs> and I think it's so important especially right now to have somebody like you to tell stories because with everything going on in the world right now whether it be women's rights whether it be mental health racism like it is important for you to tell these stories because that's how a lot of people, you know, see the world is and is through storytelling and watching, you know, documentaries and movies and TV shows. And it is really important to, to tell, you know, stories about these things because it does make people more aware or it changes their outlook, hopefully, and, and make that difference in maybe how they were raised versus what they're seeing now on their own as an adult. And so, um, it's so important that you're doing these things and I'm so excited to see what you have coming up and where you take it and what you're going to do with the future. I'm really excited. Yeah. And I'm so happy to know you, you know, oh, it's like I'm happy to know you. You're, <laughs> you're changing the world by, yeah, by, I mean, just sitting down interviewing people and, and, you know, being able to pull people's stories and, and, you know, put it out there for people to listen to, you know, so it's just, it's a collaborative effort that we're all, that we're all doing here. And so just appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I love you very much and I can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> yes, finally, one of these days, maybe in, 20, maybe in 2022, I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Black Market, that's the first place, Black Market in, in uh, what is it, Sherman Oaks? Like that's Yeah, what's it called? Uh, White, no, White House Black, no, that's a store. No, Black oh, Market Black, is our- Black, Black Liquor Bar? No, was it Black, is it called Black Market? Black Market. Okay. Yeah, I want to. It's so there. long that I haven't gone anywhere in so long that I don't even know. I forgot the names of all the I restaurants. I'm like, I cannot wait to go. As soon as this is done, we're we're going and we're like getting a fluffernutter. So good. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, oh God. Thank you so much, and I will um, look forward to seeing what you have going on. I'm really excited.
Thanks, girl. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye.